We all own ETFs and mutual funds inside of our portfolios, but do you really know what's inside of them? We can cover this and more in Research by Potomac. Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk podcast, this is Who Charted? Okay, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Who Charted? The most exciting six minutes in markets. There's a lot going on here. Uh, we're going to touch on the things that are on our radar screen. I think it's an interesting time in the market, actually, because you know if you're bullish, there are a, a lot of data points out there that you can point to to support your case. And if you're bearish, there are a lot of data points that you can point to uh, to support your case. So uh, with me, as always, uh, is Drew Wells. We're going to go through the charts that are on our radar here this week. Drew, what do you have for us? All right. If you're managing client money, uh, chances are you have stocks and bonds in your portfolio, right? Not a very earth shattering statement there. So one of the most useful ratios, in my opinion, one of the most useful charts out there that you should be paying attention to is the ratio of stocks to bonds. Okay. So this is a Vanguard total stock market index relative to the total bond market index. Uh, again, we've shown this chart a couple times on the show here. I wanted to show the long-term chart uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because Long-term view uh, is still in an uptrend for stocks relative to bonds above that 200-day moving average right there. But over the last couple of years, we've definitely been chopping around in that range. So for those of you who might be on a little bit of a shorter-term time frame, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to where that ratio is located in that range right there. So uh, interesting note that we did hit an overbought print on an RSI, kind of coming down off that momentum range right there. So I would look for that 200-day moving average to be tested again to the downside. So if you are making a decision in portfolio management for stocks versus bonds, it's definitely one to pay attention to. All right. My first chart here is uh, kind of plain vanilla, the S&P 500. Now, everybody, everybody in the market is focused on the 200-day moving average or what roughly equates to the 40-week moving average. We show the 40-week moving average in a lot of the work that we do. But uh, we also pay close attention to the 65-week moving average. It's not as widely followed. Uh, as something like the 40 week or the 200 day moving average. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, the 65 day moving average roughly lines up slightly above uh, the 200 day moving average right now. And what we could see here on this weekly chart is that last week's rally met that 65 week moving average. We we're paying attention to it, especially in light of some of the breath thrusts and improvements in breath that we've been highlighting. However, did not get through, actually faded from that 65 week moving average to close near the low of the weekly range. Now, we have been talking about incrementally bullish trends within the market. The next step is really for the S&P 500 to get above, convincingly above uh, the 200 day moving average or the 65 week moving average. Not there yet. All right, growth to value. This is a really interesting relationship that I like to look at. Uh, obviously, large cap growth has been doing very well relative to large cap value. Uh, ARC relative to the deep value ETF deep here. This is the two extreme ends of uh, the growth to value relationship or what could, can be, could, could, be, could be considered the two extreme ends of these relationships here. So interesting thing is we've not seen the same strength out of this relationship that we have seen large cap growth relative to large cap value. Ratio hitting relative resistance there, again, declining through that 50-day uh, moving average. The downside, 
you know, now starting to roll over to the downside. Take a look at RSI in the bottom pane there. Again, hitting that upper bound, that 60 level, unable to break through there and kind of rolling over again. So if you're a really big growth bull, this is a relationship that you want to see, uh, one of the riskier relationships that you want to see turn to the upside. Haven't seen that turn yet. So a lot of the other relationships that we look at are working. Unfortunately, not this one. All right, this chart is making a repeat performance from the last show. It is the dollar index. Uh, there has been a pretty solid correlation uh, between the dollar and risk on, risk off behavior in the market. As the dollar is strengthening, it's generally a sign of risk off behavior. As the dollar weakens, it's generally a sign of risk on behavior. Now, the dollar index gets up to about 109 uh, back in June and, and then starts to back off down to the 105 level, 104.50 level. That's a big move in currencies, right? And when that move was playing out, as the dollar was weakening, risk assets called a bid but look at what happened last week we get this pump to the upside uh for the dollar index as the averages are kind of hitting key resistance levels and unable to break through we drew this line in the sand here at the 103 level for the dollar index above 103 it's probably more likely a risk off environment uh below 103 it's more likely a risk on environment so i know this chart is making a second appearance here in as many shows but i do think it's that important it's on our radar screen we're watching it closely all right. Does everybody remember when uh, a lot of investors wrote energy off, uh, you know, starting in the third, uh, you know, uh, third quarter of the year here there? It's kind of funny to see this uh, relationship kind of break up back to the upside of the 2400 level. This is equal weight energy. Again, uh, in their traditional energy index, Exxon and Chevron make up roughly half the weight of the whole uh, whole, whole sector there. So we like to look at equal weight energy as a better gauge for the performance of the average energy stock. Again, breaking above that 50-day uh, moving average. Notice how the sector, uh, the average energy stock sort of found support here you know, throughout the, the, the past year at that two, rising 200-day moving average, right? Which we never really materially started to break down below. So relative to, to equal weight S&P 500 on the bottom pane here, starting to break through uh, that uh, declining 50-day moving average of the ratio, rising out of relative support. So, you know, energy could be making another turn for the highs again here after everybody wrote them off. All right. Rates are obviously on everybody's radar screen as well. Hours included. Jackson Hole meeting this week. All eyes and ears on Chairman Powell. Uh, my eyes are going to be on the relationship here at the top of this chart. Base metals versus precious metals. And generally speaking, there is a positive correlation. If base metals are outperforming precious metals, you tend to see the 10-year yield going higher. Now, what's interesting to me is that the high in the 10-year yield at about 3.5% back in mid-June was not confirmed by this ratio. The base metals to precious metals ratio did not make a new high. Rates promptly backed off down to about 2.6, 2.5. But now look at what's happened here. Base metals finding a bottom at support against precious metals and starting to work higher once again. So with Jackson Hole this week, obviously rates, there's going to be some volatility there. I'll be watching this ratio. If this ratio continues to move higher, I think it stands to reason that there is upside through the 3% level, maybe even through that 3.2% level that a lot of people are watching on the 10-year yield. So that one is on our radar this week. All right, everybody, if you like this kind of content, uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and uh, we'll see you, some, see you next video. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.